thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all thy years are met in thee tonight, in thee tonight, are met in thee tonight. The journey of Christmas began at Bethlehem. The Savior left heaven to Good evening, and thank you for joining us tonight for the joy of Christmas. Have you ever considered how many journeys converge around the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why? In reading the Christmas story from the Word of God, it would almost appear as though everyone involved in the birth of Christ was on a journey. There was his own journey from heaven, Mary and Joseph's journey from Nazareth, the wise men from the east, the shepherds from the hills and a prophetess from the temple. All of these were on their own separate journeys, yet each was part of God's divine plan. Tonight, we will follow these travelers as it pertains to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is our hope that you realize that the most important journey was made by God himself. In coming to earth as a man, God's divine promise the Messiah was to redeem mankind from the curse of sin. It is our prayer that you realize that the most important journey that you will ever make is directly to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Please won't you open your heart to him tonight as you join us for the journey of Christmas.
As an angel, I've never found communicating with humans to be easy. We'll usually have to spend the first few minutes saying, fear not, or be not afraid. It has always been remarkable to me how the sun cloaked his brilliance for his journey to earth. That journey began with the fall of man on that terrible, terrible day when the first man and woman chose to defy God's command. He promised them a savior. In fact, he promised to send the holy son of heaven to redeem them from their chosen path of sin. We even knew when God planned to do it. He told man through his prophet Isaiah, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And just as it was said, it it came to be. The prophet Micah even told where it would take place. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, which is to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Seeing the Holy Son of Heaven assume a body, devoid of his cloak of brilliant glory, it was a sight I could not tire of. My own eyes could not fathom my master as a man, and yet I watched it all happen. And when he was born, I was there, truly, heaven had come to earth. Sinful world that he gave me. 
Have you ever, well, have any of you ever ridden a donkey? If you have not, I can assure you from my own experience, there's no great comfort you've missed. Our journey that very first Christmas in Bethlehem, it was a journey I will never forget. I understand now why we had to leave our home in Nazareth. It was for the census, but ultimately, our journey was necessary to fulfill prophecy. You see, it had been foretold that my son would be born in Bethlehem, and so we had to go. If you know anything about our beautiful country of Israel, you'll know that our home in Nazareth was over 60 miles from Bethlehem. When Joseph first told me where we had to go, in my condition, well, I could hardly believe my ears. What about the baby? Just remember Joseph smiling and assuring me that God was going to take care of his son and me. So we started that long trip to Bethlehem, joining the stream of people that flowed down the busy pathways. Under normal conditions, such a trip um, would take maybe three days, perhaps less while riding, but I was most certainly not in normal conditions. That donkey was a very patient beast, and it bore my constant rearranging and request for rest without a struggle. Oh, I don't mean to complain. I'm only trying to explain that because of me, our trip was made unnecessarily long, and well, we arrived with the stragglers into Bethlehem four days after we left home. When we arrived in Bethlehem, there were no rooms left. When Joseph told me we'd be staying the night in a stable, well, I can honestly say it was a welcome sight. I knew that my hour was close, and at that point, any measure of rest would be pleasant. And that night, our humble quarters were blessed beyond the richest rooms in the inn by the birth of the Savior. The long, weary journey had been well worth it.
The day our king arrived on earth, what should have been the most celebrated day in all of history, but it wasn't. At the very least, the Jews should have known that he was to come. The signs were all there. They were simply ignored. It was as if the people had forgotten what Isaiah had said. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But the God of this universe, he was not about to let his own son come to this earth unannounced, without fanfare. He sent us, and we went that starry, cool evening to some shepherds. The kind of men that would have a faith unsullied by the world's wealth and power. They were simple and believing. We all knew that if we sprang out of that quiet sky at once, those poor men would be overwhelmed beyond recovery. So only one of us went first. His message was simple. A Savior is born! And then when the rest of us couldn't hold ourselves back any longer, we burst out of that sky at once, all of us. A choir, beaming God's radiance and singing our announcement song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men.
my rank has always been that of advisor to the king. Oh, wise man, you may prefer. I prefer scholar. My job is to know everything that is happening in the world so I can advise the king in any subject. Among my many studies, I had often read the Hebrew text. Many of them are prophetic. They speak of the coming of a great ruler, one who would bring peace to Israel. Now, I do remember these prophecies being particularly striking the first time I read them. They were, they were so specific, so confident. Some of my fellow scholars had also noticed these texts, and we became so familiar with them, we no longer needed the scrolls on which they were written. I suppose that's where our journey began. With faith that these things were written were indeed true. In just a few days, we were caravanning directly toward that beaming birth announcement. Safely secured among our belongings were rich gifts for the young ruler. And for months, we followed that star. If ever we doubted the sanity of our journey, I had only to look up to ease my heart again. The day our journey ended is forever etched in my mind. I had expected throngs of people rejoicing at the birth of this anticipated king. But instead, I found a blank face, scribes, and a jealous King Herod. No one seemed to know about the Prince of Peace or Mighty Counselor. So, I returned to the star until all of a sudden, it stopped. At last, we had found a king. We approached the place reverently and upon our knock and request to see the king were admitted by a man. His wife was seated nearby, and on her lap was the very king we had come so far to see. We fell at his feet and humbly laid our small gifts before him. I will never know why wise men from the east were told of his birth in such a miraculous way, but it was a journey that would change me forever a journey of faith and worship.
name is Anna, and I'm sure you're asking yourself, what's that old woman doing here? I am old. In fact, I'm, uh, you don't have to know just how old I am, but it is all right to wonder why I'm here. You see, the journey of my life story is one of patience patience born of much waiting. When I was very young, my father would talk to us about the coming of Messiah. In the face of looming wars or trouble in Jerusalem, my father would comfort us with the promises of Messiah. I was impatient for him to come. If God's Messiah was going to come and make us all rulers, what was he waiting for? When the time came for me to become a wife, I found myself blessed with a husband who lived with the future ever before him. 
He too spoke often of the redemption of Israel. I told you this was a journey of patience. And after several years of marriage with no children, I found that God was indeed teaching me patience. For seven years, I watched for Messiah alongside my husband. And then one day, I found myself looking for the coming king alone. When you're young, you don't expect to find yourself a widow. Ah, but don't pity me. How can you pity someone who's cared for by the everlasting God? It has now been many, many years since my husband's passing. And if the Lord gives me many more, I'll be rival to Methuselah. Rather than remarrying, I came here to the temple, and I devoted myself to praying for my people and for the coming of Messiah. I have been blessed in my ministry as a prophetess, and I've learned what it means to wait on the Lord. One day, as I was praying in the temple, I heard a ruckus on the steps outside. It was my good friend Simeon. Simeon is nearly as old as I am, and we've had many a good talk about Messiah. Now it was Messiah he was again speaking of. And I heard Simeon say, now I may depart in peace, for I have seen thy salvation. If Simeon said he had seen the salvation of the Lord, that could only mean he had seen Messiah. I took myself as fast as I could to the sound of his voice. And coming upon him suddenly, I saw a man and his wife holding a small child. No one had to tell me this child was Messiah. How I praised God at that beautiful sight. Now all my years of watching and waiting have been fulfilled. And the Lord can take me home whenever he chooses. But what an end to my journey. I have seen him, the Messiah who will redeem the world. Jesus Christ is my Redeemer. 
rich and free there on calvary bruised and beaten jesus gave his life he died for you and me but he conquered death and rose again that's why my savior came when you see him really see him you will never be the same you will never be the For the duration of the Savior's life, all of heaven was as a man holding his breath in anticipation, silent, watchful, and waiting. We all knew what was to happen at the end of his life. The Holy Son of Heaven fully intended to die for the human race. Only he had the power to undertake such a task. But nothing more despicable could have been the object of his grace. The awe that I felt at his love to this day holds my tongue back. God crucified for man. It's the kind of thing that's so marvelous, words cannot begin to describe it. The hosts of angels, myself among them, were poised and ready to fling ourselves to earth at any command from him. More than once we were sent to minister to him in his loneliness. Once we went to him after he had withstood Satan's attacks. Another time we attended him in prayer, but... We were always ready for his call. On the day of the crucifixion, we were ready. But he never spoke. We watched as his own earthly followers betrayed and forsook him. The Pharisees took him falsely tried him, the soldiers took him, beat him, and bruised him. When they led him to Golgotha, our swords were drawn and gleaming. Our company in high passion that the Son of Heaven should be treated so, and yet our orders never came. Our orders never came. When he died on that cross, God's wrath shook the earth, and even the light of heaven seemed to dim. 
The day of the great fall of man had been terrible, but the day of death for God's son, it's beyond my description. Then, and even now, I, I couldn't understand the love that he had for those people. It was his whole purpose in going. A journey of 33 years ended with the destination of love. one more journey that we need to discuss tonight, and that's the journey of the heart. Tonight, we've heard about the great distances that many have traveled, but in the end, they all ended up at the same place, and that's at the feet of Jesus. You see, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from. What matters is where you're going. 
Christ has promised to turn no one away, and there is nothing barring you from the cross. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Please, won't you consider taking that journey tonight?
Well, the journey of Christmas. My journey in faith was about 47 years ago. I really didn't know what to say after the service tonight. Till last night, I came to the program, and there was a woman visiting. She came to see the program like many of you did. Her name was Natalie Thurman. Natalie Thurman's husband, Bill, he used to pick up my wife when she was 11 years old. My wife's uncle, Pat, picked up Pam and her sister Patty and her brother Randy when they were children and brought them each Sunday to Sunday school and to church. And then after about two years of doing that, Mr. Bill Thurman took over the bus route and picked her up with her siblings for most of her childhood years. When Pam got to be a teenager and got her driver's license, she took herself to church. And the Lord reminded me of this last night. How if not? For some faithful laymen that journeyed every Sunday to a kid's house to pick them up for Sunday school. I would have never. Enjoyed my journey. Tonight, I thank the Lord for faithful laymen in church. Sometimes pastors, assistant pastors, deacons, they get a lot of attention in a church setting, but if it weren't for faithful laymen, where would the body of Christ be? Faithful choir director, choir folks. These laymen that learned the roles of our Christmas cantata tonight to glorify the Lord, but also that others can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been on this journey for a good long time now. You are on a journey tonight as well, whether you realize it or not. Maybe some difficult things have come in your life. Maybe some bad experiences. We all have these in all our lives. But tonight, friends, your journey brought you to this little local church here in Livonia. But Jesus, he took his journey from heaven to come and do his Father's will, to be born, 
to live a sinless life, to die upon the cross of Calvary, but then to raise again three days later from the grave. Thank God for his journey. His journey to earth at first Christmas is what the Christmas story was all about tonight. And I want to ask you, will you tonight be willing to take a journey with God in faith believing, receiving God's Son Jesus as your own personal Savior? He has journeyed from heaven to here so that tonight some of you may put personal faith in him. Let's bow our heads if we would, every head bowed as we pray. Before I do, I don't often do this. I did it this morning because of the nature of the sermon, but please bow your heads and think for a moment that you could invite Jesus tonight into your heart and life to be your Savior if you would. As the preacher in the cantata, the play said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you could do that. And I'm willing to help you. But you have to mean it in your heart. You could pray a prayer such as this. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I know you came to heaven, to earth, to die for me. I recognize it tonight and I receive it. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And be my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for coming so long ago. And thank you for speaking to my heart tonight. Thank you for saving my soul. Help me to live for you the rest of my days the best I know how. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you depart tonight, which we'll be leaving soon, if you would just come and shake the hand of a choir director, myself, my assistant pastor, somebody you recognize, and just let us know that you, you gave your heart to Jesus. We'll, we'll not bother you. We won't call you. We won't look you up. We simply want to rejoice with you and pray for your growth in Christ. Amen? Now tonight as we close this service, I think it'd be good for us to honor those that have worked so hard to present this program to us, the laymen, uh, many of them of our, our ministry here at